Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Make believe is not pretend. We might be but we're on the mend. It never starts, it never ends. Welcome to Craig and Friends. Welcome to Craig and Friends. Welcome to Craig and Friends. Welcome to my chat with the fabulous Z Machine, singer, performer, songwriter, and all-around entertainer. This is part one of a two-part show, part two coming next week. Let's start with that. Like, you were very prompt. Yeah. <laughs> you were very prompt. And this... Like, and... Yeah. No, which was great. Oh, are we going now? Or? Yeah, well, you oh, know, you know okay, sometimes right. we roll into it and then I'll do fair the enough, intro a little bit yeah. later and everything. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah that's right. I'm like, wow, he already knows everything you're talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I... I um, I feel like I'm, you know, LA uh, uh, early is like, or late, essentially. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I don't, Were you I, always like that? Um, Cause some I, people... I do my best. Not, yeah. not for work. <laughs> that's oh, the okay. only time I'm late, it feels like. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. I, and I've, ne- I've never learned because it's like people will say this event starts at, you know, eight o'clock. So I'll, you know, make sure I show up as close to that as possible. But um, as many times as I do that, I will yeah. never learn that that means nine. <laughs> well, I do the same mm-hmm. thing with uh, yeah any club event or something like that. Oh, th- yeah, no. Especially yeah. if it's run by like gays or drag queens or anything like that. Yeah, it's, and then you mix them all up together and forget yeah. about it. And then, and then I'm sitting there at a club, and I don't even like going out to clubs for like an hour on my own. I'm just like miserable. <laughs> it's hard, yeah. yeah. What's your comfort level uh, quickness in a club? Because like, also you're sober, you don't drink. Yeah, correct, yeah. And I've, you don't do anything yeah. else either. I, not, not even poppers. <laughs> yeah, not, not to infer that you yeah. literally don't do anything else, and then you just sort of sit, because you did get yeah. here. You got oh, here. Yeah, okay. so oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I do things. And, uh, yeah, I do, do things, things I, but not stuff. I don't do any psychoactive substances there you go. anymore. There if you we, go. If you want to get real specific. Yeah. yeah. And um, we can dive into that in a little bit, but because... That's the most interesting thing about me. So, <laughs> so I was like hoping you would touch on that. <laughs> we'll touch on it, and then yeah. we'll rub on it later. Perfect. Ooh, okay, yeah. yeah. Like your pacing. <laughs> exactly. Everyone likes that, right? There you go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so um, when you go to a club, mm-hmm. so you said about an hour, do you have a, like a, a hard out at an hour, or is an hour when you're like, Okay, I can stay. Oh, well, the the hour is just like how long I'm waiting there until the thing actually starts. Oh, I see. And, and this usually, is, yeah, yeah. And usually, I've, I've I've hyped myself up just to do the thing at the club. My 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 tolerance for for these for any like crowded, loud, noisy spaces where there's people will inevitably be inebriated has has diminished <laughs> drastically over the last seven years really um, that's fine i wonder yeah. why what a mystery yeah no it's oh oh i was i was being it's because like i'm, I'm not oh, no, really i'm being i'm, I'm oh no, i'm just being <laughs> sorry. facetious sorry oh yeah yeah no it's just like when you're not quite on that level anymore yeah um and i'm already a, a pretty um 
I feel like everyone's like, oh, I have such anxiety. But it's it's really just more like I never my ability to socialize is is like a coin toss. Like I'm never really sure if it's if it's going to be if it's like I'm going to be in the right headspace. Yeah. Um, to do it, like sometimes I'm I can be the life of the party when I'm in the right mood with sure. the right people. But sure. otherwise, it's just like I just want to like hide in a corner. Yeah, it's weird, right? You're like I can't get into character. Yeah. No. No. Exactly. Yeah. And then sometimes I will just be magically on. I will have something to say to everything. Like ev- like I'm just like the coolest person there. And I there's really no rhyme or reason as to that. And honestly, when I when I did. Um, when I was, you know, like smoking or drinking, it, it was kind of like whenever I would do something, I would do that to get more comfortable. But really, all it did was just enhance or elevate what I was already feeling. Like if, yeah, yep. Like if I was if I was not in a good headspace to be social, it would make me less social. Right. Yeah. Right. But I mean, and but because it worked, um, like the couple, of, let's say half mm-hmm. the time, you're like, well, wait, this worked the last time. You know what? You know what oh, I yeah. must need? I must need a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, <laughs> maybe if I just did a bit more, <laughs> it would, you know, put it in reverse. There. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm missing, and yeah. I'm trying to find that right balance that I had yeah. that one time. And yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I actually didn't make that realization that was, oh, it just like enhanced whatever I was already feeling until honestly, like probably within the last year when I'd already been like a, a few years sober. So and when did you um, decide to go sober? Uh, it, it's, it was a process. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it sure. generally is. Um, yeah. I, ha- I was, I first came into, I mean, I, I guess I can divulge this about myself, but like, I'm, I'm pretty active in like 12 step mm-hmm. programs. Yeah. I, I feel like that's right. They talk about it on Marin. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, it, you know, that you're not supposed to really divulge someone else's, you know, involvement sure. in the program, but if it's your own self, you can, I think it's more, um, uh, it's less uncouth. Yeah. Um, and I personally, uh, and not, uh, I am not involved in, I like how he calls it the thing sometimes because sometimes you're <laughs> yeah. supposed to say in code. Yeah. Uh, but I Friend agree with the premise that um, we're in a different era mm-hmm. where the destigmatization is uh, such a benefit that if someone is divulging it about themselves, to me, it has the same effect of Carrie Fisher disclosing that she had mm-hmm. uh, mental uh, illness issues. Yeah. It's it's up to every to each individual as how much they they want to be open about it. But also there is a difference between like, oh, I don't drink or yeah. do any substances versus you know being involved in a program of recovery. Which okay. is, yeah, which totally. Is what I've um, what I st- I started when I was or I came in, I guess you could say, um, when I was like uh, back in like 2015. I was about to give my age, and I was like, oh no, maybe I want to be a little more coy <laughs> about that. Um, but but it's yeah. been it's about seven years ago. You were a precocious 15 year old yeah. walking into the <laughs> rooms, as they say. Um, yeah. uh, I but I was I was very much a, a smoker and a drinker, and and I. For, when you say smoker. Uh, I, I eventually I started with weed. I eventually spent a good like year or two on meth. Well, this um, is a classic uh, yeah. trajectory. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But of, and of course, that one you know took like a fraction of the time to take you to the same place. Um, <laughs> yeah, you got it right. Right yeah. on the big uh, charts, they're like, you need this much weed. To oh, get yeah. Here. And then, yeah. but only like a pocket size for the of meth. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Although I, it, interestingly, as you know, I spent I was sober for about two and a half years. Then, yeah, I took about you know a year. After that, I kind of stopped the program and I and I was just smoking weed. But mm-hmm. interestingly, it took me to a very similar place that meth ended up doing it. I mean, obviously, it, it didn't you know emaciate me the way it did. Sure. I wasn't I wasn't um, you know hearing voices in my head, but I was um, like. It, it wasn't getting me high anymore. I was spending hours just like scrolling like between like the hookup apps doing nothing, wasting my life away, acting sure. out impulsively and just like it 
like taking me to this really destructive mindset yeah. where I was like, I am, if I keep doing this, this is going to take me right back. So it really is not about, well, I mean, it, it's kind of about the substance, but really it's about your brain. Mm-hmm. And um, just the mindset of an addict is I, my, my brain uh, craves, like helplessly craves anything that is going to take you outside of yourself and give you that like, that dopamine hit. Mm-hmm. Um, even even if it, it, it'll, it'll never be like what it was the first time, but it, it's always just something that you're always trying to escape. Sure. Um, and it's like a reflex. And even when you don't want to do it, it's like you have to do it. And, and, it's, and it's hard to explain because to, to the, the, the normie, you would just be like, well, why would you do that? And it's like, you, it's really hard to really um, explain how that feels unless you have felt it. It's like yeah. there, there is an element, there is some element of, of choice in what you're doing, but there is also just as much an element of no control you have right. over this. And it's, and it's terrifying and insidious. And I think the strange thing is for normies or folks who don't mm-hmm. consider themselves to have any kind of substance mm-hmm. issues, when you see, and especially you see this after you don't do anything mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and go to places, yeah. you notice that uh, most people have a bit of a problem with something. Now, oh, right? Oh, mm, I, yeah. <laughs> Every, everyone's twice as much of an alcoholic as they think they are, in my mind. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And yeah. you, when you see people drinking on planes, when he's, oh, I heard Richard Lewis talking about that. He was mm. counting the guy's drinks across from him. And he was like, mm. he, he, was, he, he was newly sober at the time, but he was just talking about that, the things you see. Uh, and there's, there's plenty of things. People can have issues with food or again, the hookup apps. I mean, look, we've all spent time when we're in a weird state of mind, not just horny, but then you're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) But I think there's a thing where you, it's like something didn't work out. So then you're like, oh wait, no, I got to make something work out. Yeah. And then that is now this weird energy thing where you're going to probably have a dissatisfactory experience Mm. or unsatisfactory experience. But um, yeah, the two can uh, walk hand in hand to substance use and oh, absolutely. My my biggest, I think, addiction that has that is is more of a problem now than ever is is validation. Sure. Oh my god! Like like before, I ever even like drank. That was that was that was the thing, and I didn't I didn't, I didn't have you know um, a concept for for what this was or why I was just like so. Uh, not in the driver's seat of mm-hmm. the, of of these feelings. Yeah. Um but even even now it's like if if I were not if I did not have these these things on my phone like I could I think I could take over the world honestly. It's 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 really um disappointing. But then I also don't you know want to be like yeah well, there's nothing wrong with being like like sexually like healthy and adventurous and free. And it's like yeah but then <laughs> where do you draw the line between like being sexually free and being like impulsive and then there's that funny thing where it's like uh glass half full glass half empty right mm-hmm. because well as human beings we uh, we have all the good and all the bad yeah essentially in storage if we need to access it and then there I is some the key to that <laughs> <laughs> well there's certain rooms that you yeah. can get in the crawl space is very difficult um but <laughs> i think with the validation thing sometimes it's okay because it's like it's almost like when people say oh you had a breakup well you just got to get back on the horse hook up with oh, someone mm, no no you don't think so <laughs> well i mean oh, i mean oh, oh sorry i didn't really know where you're going no no, with no that. it's okay uh i mean oh, i mean it's it's very specific to my and you're allowed issue. to have a different opinion yeah too. yeah <laughs> oh and that's the other thing i'm a people pleaser anytime i disagree I'm like i, I mean I, oh, I know i I have those yeah. tendencies sometimes too. Uh, yeah, I think for me it's it's because like you know I'm I'm never off the horse. It feels kind of like which you know it's well. <laughs> so in that respect, what are your yeah. dating habits? If you 
could uh, um oh so boiled I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like think of a way i'm gonna say this because i know that you know the people who will be listening to will be like hmm i heard what you said about okay um, and we'll, we can always yeah. also return to it or if you can say freely yeah. and then if you feel later then... I'll, I'll speak i can speak okay. freely um yeah. i i've i'm trying to think of how to start for the for the better part of the last 12 years i would say there was a cumulative like maybe year and a half total where i was not involved with somebody and it was not and a lot of it was not even really like me consciously seeking someone out yeah um it was just sort of like gravitating towards this next person and then gravitating right like as soon as like one ended some sometimes overlapping sure so serial um, relationships in yeah a way? but at the same time like i am also like the the least wired for monogamy <laughs> oh yeah. yeah and but yet i was trying i was gravitating towards all these people trying to have these monogamous relationships and just kind of like r not knowing why i just couldn't control myself <laughs> and and really only recently kind of like learning uh what it was that i was maybe wired for and like being like you're not morally corrupt for wanting these things like there's i lived in san francisco for like uh four or five years mm. and like that really you know opened my mind as as to like and the types of relationship dynamics out there and like um and and i was just it, admittedly it took me a while to like not even be like kind of judgy about them because i was like mm -hmm. oh like that like the husbands and their boy and their pup and now i'm like who the fuck are they hurting? Like, well, like, it's funny. Those are the moments where you notice. How can I get in on it? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes those things that you're like, yeah, I don't know about that. Turns out you don't know about it or it's striking you a mm -hmm. bit funny because you're like, hey, I, do, I, do, I wouldn't mind. Uh, yeah. yeah. And um, that is also speaks to the ingrained nature of the, um, if not, I guess, phobias of certain things mm -hmm. outside of monogamous relationships. Yeah. And, and I do realize that I have very much lived in a bubble of uh -huh. these um very liberal queer spaces like like when when we talk about um wow i'm realizing we just dived right into this and these people don't even know who the hell i am um but it's all good we'll get no no we, um, you know I, i'll get to it now yeah. also i've been doing a thing lately where i do an intro before the intro oh, so it's actually fabulous. nice to have the theatrical intro okay. later in the show because i will be explaining at the beginning plus everyone knows who you are come on but behind the, the the behind the scenes process I've, I've not been privy to so it's, that's good to know yeah it's good to um, know and i like to keep them guessing like there on the you couch. Go. There yeah, you go. Exactly. On your yeah. toes. Uh, wait, what were we just saying? So we were talking about being in liberal bubbles. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. Some of those liberal bubbles include Boston as well. Which oh, of course yeah. I'm from that area. And I went to school there. Hmm. Yeah. At so. the uh, at the fabulous Berkeley School of Music. Uh, yeah. Technically it's a college, but, oh, but yeah, yeah. Right, and, right. And right. um but also and also the number of people who thought I meant um Northern California when I told them I went to Berkeley is has been exhausting, especially once I actually moved to Northern California. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> it didn't make it any easier. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I feel as though I've, obviously I do identify as incredibly, you know, queer, yeah. but I, but I feel like I can also acknowledge that I have, um, had one of the most privileged queer experiences you could have, you could have because my, I, I never, I, I grew up surrounded by just the most liberal accepting um, environment I could have ever asked for. My parents were never made me think I could do or be anything I, I 
didn't want or you get what I mean. They're they're very good. Um, oh, that's all right. You can go, you can speak at length. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I kind of I lost my wording. <laughs> I understand. I do that. I do that sometimes yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but that's good. And uh, mm-hmm. when that w- was uh, occurring, uh, mm-hmm. was that yeah. in Boston? Did you grow up in the Boston, Massachusetts area? I didn't actually. I I've grown up. This is another long story. When people ask me, we where, like long stories. Yeah. Oh, good. I've got another time. Uh, <laughs> it's it's um it's I cleared my afternoon for this. Oh, uh, why? Well, um, thank you. That's uh, very nice. And I, I yeah. And um. You had the uh, the joy of having to reschedule a couple times with me. Eh, you so know, I appreciate it's not like I the, much uh, going on. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Well, I think the first time I had to was COVID, and then yeah, yeah, and then something. It was one of those like really. You had like, some you like good opportunity that came up. It was, was yes, like, exactly. Okay. Yeah, it was a meeting. Well, well, I'll tell you about that later. I was yeah. like, I was like, yeah, it's it's fine. <laughs> no, I was like, so good. he'll understand. Yeah, no, yeah. it's 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 totally. And fine. by the way, yeah. pronouns. Do I have it right? He, um, or anything you, you want, really. Okay. I, I truly don't mind as long as it's, you know, like, I really don't, I that's I was actually thinking about that, like, even on the way here, like, in, in case you asked, I was like, I don't really care as long as it's done with respect. Like, if you're not calling me, like, she, like, a you throw, like, a girl kind of, kind of, like, I don't mind, because yeah. I feel like she has almost become gender neutral amongst, like, gay men in a lot of ways. Absolutely. In, in and, certain and, instances. And through the years, I remember, it, before I realized I was queer or embraced her, however mm-hmm. you want to consider it, when um, someone would say, oh, she's, and referring to me, like, mm-hmm. whatever, I would, t- I'd be like, it's the greatest compliment ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like I love referring to inanimate yeah. or, or like uh, uh, non-sentient things as she. Yeah, that's, that's a good my one. <laughs> that's a good one. Or like a cranky elder is yeah, always good yeah. too. This is fun. I have a friend mm-hmm. in England who deliberately misgenders me as they because they say, no, no, no. <laughs> Craig's not a he. He's a they. Or, or they're a they, actually. Wow. And I go, well, that's Old. fine. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> I was like, fair enough. I try to be like, I'm so fucking progressive. But like, and, but like I do find they challenging sometimes mm-hmm. because i you know we're conditioned or i've i've when i think of they i think of a group of people and sure. so really it's a grammatical uh a challenge on my part <laughs> <laughs> i first became comfortable with using they when i was referring to an ex mm-hmm. and i did not want to speak their name or even address oh their person. that's a good that's a good way to do that isn't that yeah. good isn't and it- as a he they i have i struggle with they a lot of the time <laughs> so you know so mm-hmm. um we were talking about when you where you grew up. Oh yeah, so when someone asks me where I'm from, I uh, I then I'm like, uh, well, what do you consider from? Um, okay, where did where was the early years of your life? This is so complicated. I was born in in um, Milwaukee. Pretty quickly moved to Madison. Yeah. Age three, family moves to Taiwan. Move back to Madison at age five. I'm interested. Go to so L- yeah. Two years in where again? Uh, Taipei. Taipei. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, not a ton of, of of memories from there, but I have little like you know images in my mind. Sure, glimpses. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I I was fluent in Chinese in Mandarin at that time. Oh, that's great. Which is wild because your your brain is a is a sponge. Uh, <laughs> it really is. Yeah, for um, two to be there two years and to be fluent mm-hmm, in yeah. one of the most more difficult yeah, languages, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, and I'll get to this in a sec. Uh, was in Madison for four more years, age nine family moves to beijing um because wow. my dad he's a chinese history major i believe mm-hmm. um so he he's been fluent since the 80s in, wow. in mandarin he's worked he's worked in some form of like uh china adjacent education 
for yeah. a while. He he gets a job over there at this. Um, it's like a foreign exchange, like high school program, where they come, where fifty kids each year between the ages of like fifteen and eighteen would come stay with host families for a year. Every year, it's a, a new batch of kids. So mm-hmm. they so we ended up living there for. I was there for nine years. They stayed an extra two because my sister hadn't graduated high school, but I graduated high school there. Um, uh, and then I moved to Denver for one year, go to music school there. What music school is in Denver? Uh, it was the University of Denver. Oh, okay. So the, uh, oh my God, the Lamont School of Music. Lamont. Um, yeah. It's got a nice go. ring to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was Lamont it was, Young, Pineapples. You got a lot of options there. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it, not not the best fit, but they did offer me the most money. So um, this is because, a good thing. Because I actually, I didn't get into Berkeley my first time because I auditioned as a guitar player. Okay. And I didn't get in, but I did get in, in, into Denver as a guitar player. So I re- reapplied as a, as a vocalist. Uh, yeah, I was going to guess that based yeah. on your vocal prowess. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's um, it's so then I got into Berkeley as a singer. And yeah. so I, I moved to Boston in 09. Uh, I'm there for about four years, moved to New York for a year. Life kind of falls apart. Uh, my family has, in, in that time, they have relocated to San Francisco. Okay. Uh, my dad's time in Beijing ends. They, they they say, hey, come live with us while well, you can get yourself back up on your feet. Um, I move there. Things fall apart even more. I end up, but I end up getting, you know, uh, going into like rehab and treatment there in San Francisco. So I sort of build my life there for a little bit. Uh, and then um, I moved to LA about four years ago. Wow, that so, that is quite. A so I'm just trajectory. like pick one. <laughs> yeah, so this is good. So I'm going to go down and, yeah. and dig back into yeah, let's do into it. things. So uh, first off, the I'm guessing culture shock from living uh, in, during mm-hmm. that period of your adolescence in Beijing, and then Some moving formative to years. the states. Yes, formative <laughs> yeah. years indeed. What was it like living in Beijing at that time? I'm trying to remember uh, the, the feeling. It, it was kind of just like I mean, I was nine, and and you you move from an elementary school in Madison, Wisconsin, um, where I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like the most like fading into the background to mm-hmm. like, you, you put me in the, um, this public school in, in the middle of the city in Beijing and you just stick out like a sore thumb. You don't speak the language. Um, you, it's just, I, those first few months were very, I do remember being very, very challenging. I actually, I, I remember I had a, a fairly, happy adolescence for the most part i feel because um we i my parents picked some very good schools for us we went, ended mm-hmm. up uh, going to these different international schools that had these very um it was not an american high school let's just say i'm actually sure. very grateful that i was not a part of of that system because <laughs> everything i hear about it just seems like a fucking nightmare right um and the the high school i ended up going to it was um i don't know how familiar you are with like different like education it was like an ib school which is very much like a like a british australian type of thing but oh, okay. it, but it was just like it was the most it was such a fascinating uh school it was it was english speaking primarily but you could you had to take a foreign language you could do uh mandarin was obviously the most popular you could also take spanish you could take french mm-hmm. because there was just people from all over the world right there but the music program there was honestly what made my adolescence there I feel like stand out as much because I have never heard of any high school having a music program like the one I did like the the music teacher there um like if there was a like a biopic of my life <laughs> I feel like he would be a very pivotal character in this because it was like 
he put us in into rock bands, you know, like like you know, he, sure we we touched on a lot of the uh, the classics, you know, that most you know I feel like dusty ass like music uh, music classes might be uh, in in a high school you might immediately think of, but then you'd also like put on like the DVD of like the Red Hot Chili Peppers live concert and be like, see what Flea was doing is like the slap technique, and he kind of like in this in like modern music he kind of like popularized this again in, in a big way or he, yeah. he was like he would be like uh put on this dvd and it was the jam or something wow. and it'd be like this is these are one four five chords every song by the jam uses these chords <laughs> and it, you learned them from this band the it, who exactly yeah no oh very oh so uh, on that note i uh the whole music room it was like drum set guitars uh pianos all around the walls yeah uh software on the computers on the pianos that could you could like compose stuff it wow. was it was why like i have never heard, I, I didn't know that that was I, I don't know that anywhere here really does something like that. No, I think the only places like, that have that are like the performing arts. School. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I can't remember the one Dave Chappelle went to. That's like a big one, and I can't. We're, Ohio, it does. Yeah, there's Is one in Ohio. Over, not over, interlocking? Uh, no, maybe, I don't know. It could be. Uh, okay, folks, uh, write us. Uh, but that one I remember because I also remember on a special the Letterman show where he goes with different people to like mm-hmm. places they they love or they grew up and they showed the place and i was like oh my god because yeah. it's like you know you know the show or the film fame and you think mm-hmm. right there's that one place in new york where if you're lucky you can go to but no yeah. there's a couple dotted around the country but that's the general premise of american education is that that's not going to happen you're yeah, not yeah. going to see that in, in general no <laughs> i feel yeah. and the music uh, program at the school i grew up in which was a uh, at the time I, well, I mean, very solid. It's a, a very wealthy town uh, now. But the music program was pretty well funded, but there were still fundraisers. Mm-hmm. And this is in a very, uh, like, moneyed town. And I think in the rest of the country, it's the first thing that gets cut. Yeah. And even this one, which was well funded, the ja- the teacher was a jazz head and kind of looked down mm, on pop Berkeley. music. <laughs> yeah, right. Very, uh, yeah. I remember, you know, I went and interviewed at Berkeley to oh. see about that. I didn't end up going to college, but on some resumes it says I went to uh, Boston University. But, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, the resume. well, yeah, exactly. Why not? You <laughs> know what I mean? Because if they're not going to look at you because you didn't go, then you went. Oh, yeah. That's of how course. it is. Yeah, exactly. The system's not like working for you anyway, whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. And I'm sure there's no chicanery going on at any place that needs Absolutely. Resume, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, right. Everyone's very, very moral and proper as we've <laughs> seen from all the business dealings uh, in the news lately. Um, <laughs> yeah. Everything's flying uh, 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 above board lately. Or what's it mm-hmm. flying? Um, st- something is an old never mind. I'm trying to think of yeah. but it and fly right. It's an old forties thing. Anyway, um, not button up and fly. Right. <laughs> I, don't know, I can't remember. <laughs> I like that though. Straight. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 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 But it's, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. That could be a slogan. Button, uh, up button up and fly right. right. Yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. Although, unfortunately, it sounds like it's some kind of abstinence uh, program. Ooh, yeah, okay. In and we don't need you that. Did not hear it. No, that's first. like we'll we'll delete We're that. We're gonna cut that out. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Berkeley, I interviewed there, and I went to a party there because someone I knew went there, and I was just kind of like. I was like, I don't feel like this is my place because they were like, man, you got to hear this. And it was a Chuck Mangione live album, double mm. live album. And I was like, Chuck Mangione, guys? Like, now I wouldn't be, I would, not that I was snobby, but I was like, mm-hmm. I like Kiss and The Sweet. Like, <laughs> yeah. why can't, what am I, you know? And um, and I didn't, I think also 
because drums were my primary instrument at the time. So then it was like, I don't want to play jazz fusion. What I wanted to do was get into the recording engineering. Mm -hmm. At the time though, because I'm 46, at the time that was like, you know, very difficult to get into. So anyway, the end of the story is I didn't go, but um, I could, I wish I did. Mm-hmm. Kind of because it would have been, especially then, because I, I also wish I'd learned more technical stuff about keyboards oh, and other things yeah. and all that. Yeah, I, I, if there people are like, if there's, you know, do you have any regrets? And like, and I'm like, yeah, I would have picked a different major at Berkeley. I would have really? absolutely uh, learned a production and engineering. Okay. Um, yeah. Because I was there, I was like, I'm here for good time, not a long time. And so I, I did. A, I did this. I did what was called professional music, which is essentially a build your own major. Oh. Um. You, it's like you you have to hit these certain credits, but you can take any class within those. And so I I picked a lot of like performance labs, things that were going to be fun, things. Yeah. Like, so I was like, I'm here for good, but I didn't really set myself up for success in terms of um building in our career as an artist sure it's hard to know that though right it is yeah also i mean some of these kids they go in their guns a blazing knowing exactly what they want to do and and i'm just like i don't i don't, I don't <laughs> so um i was because the thing is i had this uh so you so you knew boston for that area do you remember um machine and ramrod oh absolutely so that's where the my name comes from Oh my God! No yeah. way. Okay. Yeah. So I was in uh, my my the, the backtrack a little bit here. My uh, the bass player in what who what would then be my band. He was applying to be a bar back at Machine, mm-hmm. um, and they were like, "Hey, do you like know anyone who could like play here? Um, because we need to have a live act on our Friday eighteen and up nights oh, in order wow, to keep okay. that license." Apparently, yeah. yeah. You have to, uh, and so he asked me if I because we he we had. Um, connected not too long before if i hadn't knew anybody and i actually knew like actually i know three people who would be like available immediately and so we put together just a group just for like one gig at machine on a friday night um and they wanted us back again and again and so we ended up being essentially like the house band on every other friday night at machine nightclub for like three and a half years. Wow, that's so, amazing. Yeah, so from like 09 to, no, 2010 to 2013. Oh, okay. We so we were actually in Boston area around the same time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, when I was doing Videodrome. Mm-hmm. And yes, all, yes. Yeah. Uh, and then um, Machine, though, I would always be there on off nights. So I never saw mm-hmm. the your band, unfortunately. It's, yeah. I mean, if it was, it was definitely, it was a very... It was a very young college crowd for the most part. Oh, okay. Um, like, like, well, eighteen plus. Uh, eighteen plus. That's probably yeah. why I was like, yeah. oh, anything eighteen plus. You know, you yeah. get that like jaded little thing. Particularly mm-hmm. in Boston, you go eighteen plus. Look out, <laughs> yeah, because of some of the colleges mm-hmm. around. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah, like BC in particular, um, like BC. Folks yeah, or whatever. yeah. Wait, why did you get onto onto? This, uh well we were talking about uh, oh so basically i was like well i have my gig i feel like a superstar in boston nightlife i'm performing i'm doing my thing i don't need to learn this boring production shit like it was it was i, I kind of just felt like on top of i was like i don't the summer like the summer of 2011 i was just like i am on top of the world i'm like making money i'm like dropping acid i'm playing <laughs> shows every other week yeah i'm i'm i i just felt like this is i i if someone were to ask me where I think I feel like I peaked, it was kind of like right there. So I was not really thinking about like setting myself up for like the future. I was like, well, the future is now, baby. Like, yeah. So, you know, I would, I would 
if I could tell myself that now, I absolutely would. Well, yeah, but there's a lot of stuff when you're that age. It's just you oh, you know, can't tell you anything. No, yeah. at all, at all. And also, I'd say you know, in terms of peaking, I, I think mm-hmm. you haven't peaked yet because you've been doing quite a lot of uh, really fab gigs lately, right? Which is just an indicator of what's going could happen in the future or upcoming I mean, months or years. Yeah, I it's it's it Which I definitely would, I guess looking would be at considered it, the future, right? Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, look at looking at it now, I'm like, oh, I definitely didn't peak, but I, I felt like like the biggest superstar at least within my little community no no which yeah, is, that yeah. part's good but yeah. i think it's funny because back to the thing we were saying mm-hmm. before about uh being free with the libido and all that stuff <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, yeah right well that's a that's, good that was <laughs> the beginning of the end right there. <laughs> well if you're going to be you know mm-hmm. uh, exploring things that's a good time to and a place to mm-hmm. be because machine i think the largest gay club in boston sadly no longer with us yeah oh my i know they they, they drew that that out like i, I heard they were going to get knocked down in like 2018 and they didn't do it until like 2021 and then it happened yeah yeah do you know the latest news on that i believe that they turned you know quote unquote machine into a night elsewhere or, oh, or, 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 they're, or okay. they're trying that like like i've i've been talking to a friend of mine who's out there and they posted some instagram story and uh they like dropped a pin at machine i'm like wait what is going on here what right. year is it yeah uh, and apparently they're tr- sort of trying to like revive the essence of machine at a different location it's not called that's not the name of the location mm-hmm. but it's like maybe like a monthly thing or maybe a weekly thing oh, okay I, yeah. so there's something like that's that's the latest i've heard on that well that's good to hear because mm-hmm. i mean everything that was my gone. first gay club yeah yeah and i used to live right across the street from there oh too. my god that's perfect yeah it really helped for the numerous blackouts i could get home easily <laughs> like so. it's fine i'm, I'm yeah. right around the corner yeah. i remember djing in kenmore square or near there and living mm-hmm. in kenmore square this is back when i drank and it was like it yeah it, there was a lot of that yeah. well i mean because years ago i dj'd i had a night called trash mm-hmm. uh, like a glam night and i did it at o'brien's but i also did it at axis which for those listening not familiar with access it was a club mm-hmm. above avalon which used to be there as well and now is the house of blues in boston oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. lands down which mm-hmm. was because uh, it's funny boston i tell people sometimes i'm like well, boston you see used to be like new york jr and when i was <laughs> yeah. like really in it, it it sort of almost all died now it's died Oh, fair enough. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think I, I think I caught it on its deathbed. Yeah, we yeah. Th- we we got the last yeah. gasps. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. and the place I ended up Better DJing at uh, it no longer exists either. It was Oberon, uh, which is the oh, theater. Oh, I remember. I remember. Okay, I I I never. I don't think I ever went, but I heard that name all the time yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah and oberon um i love when podcasts talk about very specific local things to cities. same here yeah yeah no it's same here it's cool to us yeah it's cool to us oh i mean i like that yeah. i like specificity stuff mm-hmm. like when on uh marin show when he, he talks about mm-hmm. like cer- certain comedy clubs and that i'm like yeah i'm like as long as there's a context then it's yeah, kind of interesting and also there's a thing about nightclubs in cities going away now we you know we're spoiled for choice kind of in la a little bit yeah um but then like in london it's amazing because you can get to a whole bunch in one night whereas here it's sort of like it's, one maybe it's two. a driving city <laughs> it yeah. is or if you're downtown yeah. you can be at precinct and maybe go to red line or vice oh, versa yeah, yeah, yeah. right yeah um, of the clubs around here where do you like uh around here uh, Oh, I had to remember what part of town I'm in. Um, or just, I mean, when I say around here, I mean LA, I guess. Oh, uh, fair. Okay, fair enough. Um, let me, I'm trying to think. I I do find myself gravitating towards Precinct a yeah, lot, actually. Just because I feel like the crowd that uh, congregates there is a little bit more um, my vibe 
in a way. Yeah. But I also feel like they're like cooler than me. So I <laughs> so I feel like I'm faking it. I don't know. I feel like anyone who feels like really comfortable going out is like I have to really like strive like make an effort to be like on that wavelength. Did you and find it it's cool. worse after the last two and a half years, or was it kind of like that before? And I don't know mm-hmm. what how that timeline overlays with the sobriety thing because mm-hmm. uh, I think I missed a piece there. You said that you were sober for two and a half years, oh, so and then there was a time. There was not, a break, and now and now yeah. I'm actually coming up on what will almost be I, I think about a month away. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, from my longest sobriety. Congratulations! So, yeah, thank you. I mean, you know, you know, knock on wood. You know, God willing. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. So, so I'm. So it was about two years and seven months last time. Yeah. Um, well, look, you know, the people have little mm-hmm. breaks. Things happen in yeah. life. Uh, that's, I guess, from what I know of mm-hmm. the thing, as they call it. Long term planning is great when you're talking about certain things, but with this, it's very much day to day or day yeah. by day. It's, not it's day to interesting day. because we, you know, one day at a time is is like a trope within the program. Sure, um, and it it is helpful. I like that I couldn't remember the most famous slogan uh, from it. Yeah. <laughs> also, the name of a TV show. Mm-hmm. Yet I was like, it's like day by day that Badfinger yeah. song, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> or, which is no, actually day after day. But I knew so. exactly what you meant. Yeah. Thank so you. And I appreciate your uh, your uh, yeah. uh, politeness. The 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 thing with that is that it's like they say one day. At a time but it's sort of like we know what you mean we know you mean forever or at least <laughs> at least in my mind it's like i know that's what it means but sometimes that can be daunting um or it was for me at first because i was very much like yeah if it ever comes to it i might just you know, smoke weed again and I, and I did and sure. look how that turned out so now i'm kind of like the the concept of forever is much less scary to me uh because i know because i'm in acceptance about what happens when i don't do this yeah um even if it's like uh like something as you know harmless as as you know cannabis yeah um it takes me back to that same place and it's like and sometimes i'm like yeah it's not fair and i'm like yeah you know what it's not fair what you gonna do about it all right you gonna complain about it are you gonna actually like do this you know really in the big picture not that uh difficult of a a thing you know it's a they call it a daily reprieve Mm -hmm. for yourself um so that you don't fucking die <laughs> like like it's it's really not a lot of work for the investment you're getting back now, so the, is the daily reprieve the little moment where you sit and you talk with yourself and you say okay wait this is yeah you know essentially just kind of doing it doesn't have to be like a huge thing every day but just you know making an effort to do something for your recovery that will ensure that you don't go to bed high Oh, I you see. Know, yeah. Okay. Is there anything that you could uh, point to as something that you like to do? You don't obviously have to share that. Uh, is it something like uh, um, listening to a record or is it reading a book or is it something like that or yeah. is it something well, other than that? It, it definitely, as you, you know, get more time or are a little more, you know, maybe more stable in your program or recovery than, you know, maybe someone fresh out of rehab, you know, you, you definitely have to do more. Or, 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 okay, I'm going to revise that because in in, uh, in treatment they they tell you not to use use I statements. Sure. Um. So or and, and you know phrase them as suggestions rather than you have to because yes. that because yeah. you know addicts don't like to be told what to do. <laughs> um, so it it. By the way, do you have enough legroom? Because I oh I, yeah no it's okay. totally fine because we just, can push that out if it's oh no not. I okay. am I am good baby good um here I'll I'll stretch out just 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 for that <laughs> I, will, I will there we go um, perfect I'm good and comfy thank you though um it's you definitely have I 
found that I had to do a lot more early on. Like there would be times when I was in rehab, I was, I was there for about two and a half months, my first Mm -hmm. time around like seven years ago where I, I literally went to, I would say six weed, six weedings in a weekend, meetings in a weekend. I think it's a spoonerism. There you go. (laughs) There you go. That's there's actually a name for that sort of thing. The weedings, uh, uh, Freudian slip. Um, so that's so, yeah. So it was so, uh, I, so it was just and also you. I had to get like you know meetings signed off of like you know my my slip because yeah. you had to do like a certain number per month. Sure. There or per week, I, something like that. Um, and so now, obviously, I will maybe you know do maybe like three a week. So and, and you know I have to I check in with my sponsor. Um, and also I I feel like the fact that I went out and then came back. Mm-hmm. It's it's harder now, but it also in, in like it's like I feel like I'm not reaping the same rewards from the program as easily. However, I am kind of a lot more um, secure about what it is I have to do. Like then I was like, well, I don't know. I feel like maybe did I come in too soon? Is there was was weed not the problem? And now I'm like, no, bitch, you, it's it's your brain. Yeah, this is what you need to sure. be doing. And so and so I don't feel like I am as easily shaken yeah by by the by the what could be if if i were to go back out like i know this is what i need to be doing because like i i i know that exact what my brain is going to do it's going to start making excuses it's going to start you know um craving and then and then i'm going to build up a tolerance and then my whole my whole life is going to focus around obtaining the thing to which i am addicted right um, and that be, and everything else takes a back seat and my whole life becomes about planning like ooh how much am i going to have on me how much can i use a day when is this going to hit you know yeah, right. and like like right. timing out the edible like ooh is am i off work can i take it it's and it's just it's exhausting and so it's just easier if i just eliminate all that completely and yeah. just and just you know <laughs> let your brain raw dog life <laughs> right so. which can be difficult yeah uh, oh yeah 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 <laughs> just a little yeah, just a little just a little it, it's uh also uh, impressive that the um temptations from whatever or the internal monologues that can lead to doing what is not what you want to do you were able to hang on to those during the pandemic yeah oh actually it's wild because i came back in uh the program like my current sobriety day is january 4th 2020 so i came back in and started doing that and then we all had to go into lockdown and i actually found that to be uh helpful Honestly, I know okay. a lot, a lot of people struggled. Yeah. So many, I, I saw so many relapses and I'm just, and I'm so, I'm such a, a square. I'm like, what? You weren't supposed to leave your house. Why are you going to get drugs? <laughs> I mean, I was a super square. I was like, I can't yeah. believe that person went somewhere. Just yeah. went somewhere. Yeah. And what I'm hearing and what you were saying there is that you're newly back in the program. And oh then, yeah. I forgot and, we haven't talked about that. I know. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah, you were newly back in the program. And also mm-hmm. what that meant is uh, you're not having to go to maybe triggering spots. Yeah, and I also I don't have a ton of triggering spots in Los Angeles. The majority of my my meth use was in San Francisco. A little bit in New York, but but uh-huh. just that was that my first time was in New York. Most of it was in San Francisco though. Yeah. Um what was it do you mind describing the uh I guess the f- the first time the elements of the day that Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if no one's gonna get triggered, it's, I mean, it's it's. Fine. I'm not. Well, gonna, we'll put a trigger warning in if yeah, it is you, triggering. There you go. Uh, if you don't mind, because I, I just like to mm-hmm. get a sense of the 
journey yeah. of it. And if that's something you're not comfortable no, with, it's, that's it's, okay. I really don't mind, honestly. Okay. I feel like it's, it makes me sound very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, I never feel as like wise as I do when I'm then when I'm like talking about recovery. What's well, also, you know, you're talking about your own, your life and what happened in it. I always think any time that there's discussion of stuff like this, whether it's someone listening who has mm-hmm. maybe a dalliance with meth or something else totally, yeah, I always yeah. find it very enriching and enlightening to hear people talk about any mm-hmm. struggle that they've had in their life. Well, then buckle up. <laughs> no, <laughs> everyone paints in their mind when they, you hear like a, a rock bottom or like I hit the wall and everyone can sort of imagine that. But at, at the beginning of things, it looks different. Oh, for sure. This was, in fact, I, I, I had it pretty good, to be honest. Like, like I will hear some of these stories from people who were just in absolute chaos and dereliction and i'm just like wow i was i was you know never homeless um mm-hmm. i it, most of my um downfall was mental yeah and and i, I was just i felt absolutely just in sh- uh, like a, a shell of a person sure um even though i had somewhere to stay yeah um, and i had people like you know in my corner like trying to get me to get help but like i was i was like falling apart inside but uh my <laughs> it's so dumb my no. first time yeah was in new york end of 2013 and i this is so stupid i was watching breaking bad (laughs) uh, which people are like and that made you want to do it and i'm like well there there's so much like hullabaloo over this stuff it's gotta be good (laughs) um and so there was um i mean i'm sure some of the listeners and i don't know if you are, are familiar with um uh, a website called Adam for Adam. I'm it's a uh, oh, oh I'm, <laughs> it's it's sounds um, intriguing. Oh yeah, I mean it was it was one of the kind of earlier. Um, are you aware of like Manhunt? Yes, it, it was akin to Manhunt. Sure. I, I feel like it had a bit of a uh, uh, better interface. You could get more without having to pay for it. Basically, ah, that's yeah. always good. Oh yeah, for sure. So someone um, hit me up on there and was asking if I had any interest in partying there right. and i certainly did have interest in partying, <laughs> but i was very much like i just want to see what it feels like yeah um and but i also was like oh but i hear like bad stories about like you know just like f- like really kind of depraved things you do that you don't have any control over with you know sex and stuff or you know you might catch something and i was just yeah. i was i was I was much younger than I am now. Um, and so I, d- I didn't really, you know, know what to expect. And he was like, oh, I, I only want, I, go, I don't do anything but oral. And I was like, oh, well, that's safe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I walked the 45 minutes from Bushwick to Clinton Hill. Yeah. Um, back in Brooklyn. Um, it was like three in the afternoon. And he had this whole like setup and, you know, he he walked me. He was a very nice guy. But he kind of like walked me through it. It was it was wild, and honestly, it was just so like I can't even. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to get into this without like trying to be Glamorizing too triggering. But it, it, but yeah, it yeah. really is. What's well, okay? We did give a trigger warning. I think it does uh, behoove everyone yeah. to hear how it does seem fun or something at first. Oh, the first time, yeah. Cautionary tales work best when there's something seductive about it. If you're just like, yeah. oh, bad behavior, that's bad. Glamorizing and we think that's, it. It's you like, make it look like why it was attractive to people in the mm-hmm. first place and then you show well, another example scarface or something mm-hmm. like that you know because party goes oh it'd be nice to have a house like that looks like that. but <laughs> yeah. like you know you can't go this route or goodfellas or any yeah. of those uh, crime films anyway yeah. so so i mean it's weird i actually don't think i've told this specific story like of of that first day in a while um but it was he was love lovely guy but um it was 
that feeling is better than like from a physical chemical standpoint, it is better than your brain is designed to feel because I saw some video of this in rehab. It was like a, like a representation of the, uh, the the dopamine you you feel naturally versus what happens when uh this chemical enters your brain and it just it opens the floodgates and it just floods your mm-hmm. your dopamine receptors to yeah. to a point that they can't handle it and just like you just feel like your whole body is just like on it's like electricity going through it you're you're your happiness and optimism is turned up to 100 like you aren't worried about anything mm-hmm. you, you feel like anything is possible it's it's very hard it's a little hard to explain you're just in like the best mood but then times that by like 100 it's 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 not of this earth right. and it's not supposed to be yeah exactly um, and your brain is not like physiologically designed to handle that right um so that that was and then you know suddenly you blink and it's five hours later um it's it's the reverse weed sure (laughs) where where you look at the clock and it's only been 15 minutes this time you look at it it's been like 15 hours yeah (laughs) um so all next thing i knew like the sun was going down and i had like shit to do um and silly me thinking like i would come down after a couple hours oh i was up for like three days and i was and you only feel good for those first like maybe eight hours and then you just spend the next like two three days just feeling like garbage you can barely sleep your yeah. your whole body feels like rusty uh-huh. it's it's just like wow like th- it really takes away everything it gives you and then some right, so does the paranoia feature in the first time uh, in the first come down it, it, or it-, it that sets in that for me that set in a lot more once I became a regular user. Okay. Because this this was like one isolated instance. Sure. I think I did it twice that first month, and then I didn't do it again for another like half a year. Yeah. Almost a year. Um, it was just those first two times, and they were like you know blasted off into space. Right. Um, and it one, seemed like this fun little sort of mm-hmm. semi-secret thing you do occasionally. Yeah. And like, oh, and yeah. and and like the 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 darkness and the secretiveness of it is is. Allure, very enticing really? yeah yeah, yeah. um it's, Party it's allure, I guess. yeah yeah it's it's when um you start to do this more regularly you're you deprive yourself of sleep um you know that's when you sort of i i started hearing you know like auditory hallucinations um sometimes you'll see like shadows of people flicker around your eyes uh-huh. um just like you're just unable to like do anything other than like what you're fixated on right now like i remember this one moment where i was like uh, and this is like this was that moment whenever I'm asked to share like in a meeting this I always touch on this point of the story I remember I was like an hour it was my birthday 2015 and I had to be somewhere and I was already an hour late because I was pounding my carpet looking for shards because I had I was out and I, yeah. and I was like I need to go I need to stop doing this right now why am I still doing this I have looked every fucking inch of this carpet I have smoked everything I could find even if even if it didn't end up being meth yeah. I, I put it in my little <laughs> pipe and and I was unable to pull myself away from doing this and I was yeah. like wow I am not in control right, right here like someone else is steering this 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 meat yeah. suit yeah um so th- that was that was actually a very um that was a scary moment that, that that's when i was like oh this might be a actual problem yeah I and mean, that was that was about a year and a half after the, my first time mm-hmm. so yeah well it shows you the quick progression even though 
there was that great space of time in between the first two mm-hmm. things. Like it can really get you. Oh, quickly. because once it was nearby, once I didn't have to walk 45 minutes to get it. Uh, and he yeah. was just down the hill mm-hmm. and I didn't have a job I had to go to um, or be responsible or pay rent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just all. And then, then once I found a place to buy it, it was just like off to the races. Like when, when I got let go of my job f- because of it, I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> it was like, oh, <laughs> that irritating so interruption good. in my yeah. day is gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you didn't have to pay rent. Um, mm-hmm. you, what was that? I, I was living with my family at the time. This oh, was, this was okay. after New York. They, I, they, were, they were helping me get back up on my feet, <laughs> which yeah. was going great. Um, so I was, I was staying with, with my parents at the time in San Francisco, like right in the Castro. Yeah. So, which is like you know the perfect place you want to put like <laughs> like a, like a young, hot, like kind of uh, alcoholic, you know, sex addicted, like budding tweaker. Yeah, is right in the middle of the Castro <laughs> with, with too much time to kill. Hate to leave you on a cliffhanger, but that's the end of part one. Check out part two coming next week, and of course, head on over to Patreon.com/slash Craig and Friends. <laughs>